I was thinking of going through Ecclesiastes because we were talking about that issue of, of careful conversation. You know, the, the fool just fills up words, it just multiplies. And we live in a society where everyone's talking and no one's really communicating, right? And no one's necessarily listening either. It just everyone's just spewing out whatever they want to spew and they don't think about content and intent and purpose and it's so strange at times because I feel like not all the people I converse with, but there's a decent majority of people where it's it's like they say their piece, whatever they feel like they want to say, and then the conversation turns over to the other person, and then once that person is done talking, they just go on their phone. And they'll just like pull up their phone, scroll while the other person's talking, and as soon as the other person kind of stops, then they put their phone down, and then they start talking again. And then they'll like listen to the person for about 30 seconds and they'll go back to their phone real fast and then they'll go back to talking. And it's like you can't even give them your full like you expect their full attention back from you. And it's just it's such a strange thing because like no one's really listening to anyone. They're all just waiting their turn to finally say what they want to say, even if it's not really that pertinent to what has been being said because they weren't paying attention anyway. Yeah. So like, can I pick back off like I'll wait till you're done yammering on and then I'll pick back up where I was and what I was saying and the thoughts that I had. And it's just like, you've bored me. You've bored me with your speech. Yeah. I know I just asked you a question. Like, I didn't just say something. You decided to talk back. Like, I posed a question towards you, but I don't really care. I just wanted to ask the question so then I could answer it myself for you. Yeah. Um, so as soon as you're done yammering on and flapping your gums, I will turn off my phone and then begin to speak again. It's just so like, and you can just tell the people that have like the lowest, I don't know. You could tell the people that have the most anxiety are the ones that like, they just cannot sit there and listen to anything without having to immediately go to their phone. Yeah. It's like, they must be engaged with the most entertaining thing possible and if you're not saying words that are entertaining which is honestly it's kind of helped me I appreciate a conversation like this between the two of us because I can say all that I want to say and I know that you're listening and then you can say all that you want to say and and vice versa but it's made me it's forced me to be brief with my words you know and just be very very picky and choose like what exactly I'm going to say just say a thought and then maybe there is a compound thought I want to add to it. And if it's super pertinent and it seems like they're engaged, I'll add it. But I'll also just, it's fine. Here's one idea. Hopefully yeah. you actually heard what I just said. And I don't want to throw too much at you or you're going to stop listening and not hear any of it. So here's just one little bit of something. I think that's, you know, having conversations that is going to be a, a, a lost art for a better way of saying it because of people's so used to cell phones and everything you know it's like to really sit down and engage someone in a conversation it's going to become harder and harder for people to do that i think it's just because it's just like so much is about entertainment right looking at your phone that next thing it's gonna you know ah yeah and ooh yeah and whatever else and it's like if your conversation isn't doing that for them they'll back on their phone just looking for something i mean it feels like 
We're all just taking turns monologuing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, all right, it's your turn to talk. It's kind of like if you go, I, I don't have like a ton of experience with this, but I've heard that going to like open mic nights as a comedian trying to do comedy, it's really tough at times because a lot of times there is no, the only audience are the other comedians waiting to go up. And they're not oh. listening to you. They're just yeah. sitting, going through their notes, prepping for what they're going to say. So you get up there, monologue to people that aren't paying attention. Then you get down, and the next guy gets out of the crowd, goes up there, monologues to people that aren't paying attention. And it's just like there's <laughs> never – it's almost – it's just a chance for you to get out there and, like, work out what you're going to say. But no one's really, like, listening to you. And I feel like that's kind of what it's become, but it's just like you're not you're not making whatever you're saying to me interesting enough for me to be fully engaged with it. Well, then you add to that, you know, the the movement within the emergent church movement within the church itself. It's like it really doesn't matter if you come to any kind of point. There's no real purpose. It's just that you, as long as you had the conversation. But it's mm. like, but if there's no intent behind it, what's the point in having it, you know? Mm. Then it's just words, and it really doesn't matter if we resolve anything or anything like that. It's just as long as we're saying something, you know? And you compile yeah. that on to where we are as a society. It's like, man, we're just breeding complete shallowness and anything well, devoid I, I of think... any kind of content. I think the other problem with it, too, is that everyone has almost got the burden to say something where, especially with, like, the rise in just casual activism is, like, yeah. why aren't you saying something about what is happening? Why aren't you verbally picking a side on all these issues? And it's like, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe I should just yeah. listen. But it's like you're you're being ridiculed for not speaking up. And it's like, well, you know what? Not everyone should speak about everything. Some people don't know anything. <laughs> and, and so everyone is just like, this is their chance. And that's where, like, I feel like certain social medias especially, it doesn't lend itself in any way for conversation, really. It's just, it's for you to post your thoughts out there and then, like, have your couple cheerleaders you know clap at you in the comments and be like hey that was beautiful love you stay strong super proud of who you're becoming and like they didn't read it you know they just like that's yeah. just what they say and then like one other person that like says a disagreeing remark and then you just like block them immediately that's it <laughs> just like not dead done muted stop talking which is so scary there's so many people that so also like existence, right? Well, and then they trans it translates into real life, which doesn't like if you really, really believe in something, shouldn't you fight for it in the court of public, not just public opinion, but like it's almost like you're sparring with someone. You have two different ideas and you're both in the pursuit of truth, you would hope. And figuring out what the real answer is. And so you're both going to throw ideas and arguments back and forth at each other and see where you guys end up. But I think the, 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 the problem is, is now you take activism and the longing to say something and be heard. 
And then also <clears throat> the hyper like self-help, self-preservation where in the eyes of a lot of people, the ideal situation is you want to create your little bubble that you live in and you need to push away anyone and anything that is emotionally demanding, emotionally draining, that asks anything of you that isn't what you want already, that requires thought and care, people that contradict what you believe. Even if you, I've seen people that they, they, they're, they're friends, they agree on like most things and they'll have one thing that they don't agree on, which isn't even a thing that comes up in conversation. Like it's not gonna affect yeah. the friendship and they're just gone. They're gone. They just immediately remove them from their life. And it's because they're like scared of ever having to actually have confrontation. But they also want to say things. They want to say things that they believe. And it's like, well, who are you saying them to? People that already yeah. believe it as well? Because if so, like, what are you accomplishing? You guys already believe. You all agree. But you're supposed to go tell the rest of us who don't understand yet. But you refuse to speak to us because we disagree. So it's just like you're not building your but army. It makes, it makes you wonder if they if they if they have doubt in what they say they believe, right? Because if it can't, like truth fears no questions. Mm. It doesn't. It's the truth. You 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 can't undo it just because you ask a question or right try to attack it or what have you. Yeah. And and, and so you kind of sort of wonder. Well, do they really even believe what they're making a stand on because they're not willing to have someone pose an opposite view and to ask questions and to challenge that maybe it might not hold up. I mean, that's kind of a scary existence, right? With this deep down realization that what you're standing on is really shaky ground or no ground at all, right? You're just like, I don't want to face the reality of this. So I'm just going to gather around me, everyone who thinks the same and we're just going to go and well, it's, it's, get other it, people to join us, but it almost feels like they're like a baby deer who's like finally they've gotten the four pillars of their argument underneath them, and they're like, okay, I can stand on these things. Don't push me though, because I will topple immediately. But I've finally got my feet out from underneath me. I'm finally like up, and and they're just too afraid that if if a wind blows their way, they're just going to immediately collapse because. They're, they're typically, and even if they're, tr even if they're right, and I think it might be, this might be a, an issue within the world of Christianity too, is like, you might be right, but you don't know enough about what you believe in, and you don't know enough about why it is true or why you believe what you believe that yeah. you're, you're just afraid. You're afraid of anyone toppling it for you because that would mean... I mean, that would just mean change. That's the problem. It's like a whole new world. Once you realize you're wrong about something, well, then that requires action. You have to act yeah. then because you were wrong, which means that choices that you made believing that this thing was true, they were wrongly informed. So there has to be something to be done about that. And that's like, that's scary. That's like a big life change. So even when you are right, I feel like there's also, there's such a, I don't know where do you feel like the line is between because I know I've heard a lot of people say like don't we don't question God we don't question the Bible and it's like well there is a difference between questioning God and and it like you said like truth is not scared of questions if this is yeah. true 
like if it's gold, no matter how many times I put it in the fire and pull it back out, it's still gold. It's never yeah. going to just burn away. So why is there this deep fear of questioning, especially not for not for just like a new believer, but I feel like especially for people who have been believers for their entire life, they were raised in this world. It's just been a thing. They do truly believe it, but they haven't had to go out and just completely make it their own because everyone else, it was, it was their communities. It was their families. It was their friends. It wasn't just theirs that they had to fight for themselves. And which is something that I've always appreciated about you, where you'll I'll ask you sometimes questions about some something about the Bible. I'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? And you're like, here's a passage. You're like, go find it. Like, go figure it out for yourself. Because once you find it, it's yours now. You yeah. know it for sure. And it's something that you dug out and you mined out and you discovered. And now you really can stand on it. And you're not just quoting back the one or two lines you heard someone else say but you don't have the hours of research they put in to come to those conclusions so that you don't really know how to argue you got like a tweet back but you don't have a full argument because you never had to go seek it out yourself yeah so what would well, you say then, about that is it because you have you, you then it's like well i mean i can't tell you how many conversations i've had with people and they say well so and so says or they say who is they yeah, exactly. And are you gonna? And if we're talking about right, the eternal state, heaven or hell, it's a huge thing. You don't want to just rest on what they say. Mm-hmm. What does it say? What does the Word of God say? And you can ask God. I mean, Psalm one nineteen, right? The psalmist gives himself to seek out the Lord, and yet at the same time, he calls upon God to give him understanding. Yeah, he knows the only place to go, right? And it's like, so you can, you know, I tell people, you can ask God, ask him for understanding. Which your mom had a conversation with someone and and she said that. She says, why don't you just, you know, pray and ask God to show you the truth of of who he is in that. But they knew that if they did that, then their whole life would change, right? And they were afraid of that. Was this this someone that was a believer already? No. uh Uh-uh. Interesting. No, see, so I thought about that. The, the re, but it's the realization of knowing, like this is this is huge, right? Because yeah. if 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 this is true, and deep down, we all know that it is, right? That God is; mm-hmm. He's made it clear enough. But then that means that this is going to change my entire life because He's going to, right? Yeah, cause me to change a lot of things about my life. And which so, which I get is a terrifying it's a terrifying thing. Yeah. But the only thing more terrifying is living a lie your entire life because you are afraid yeah. of adopting the truth. And yeah. it's like yeah, having to change big parts of your life and having to like cuz if you go from not believing that and not not acknowledging God's existence to then acknowledging it that there is no other thing that turns your life as inside out as that does. But yeah. there's no worse thing to do than to just neglect the question, not accept the answer and just be like, you know what? I just I'm I'm not I don't know if I'm ready to have my life shifted like that. And it's like, well, your life's going to get the, shifted the by misgi- the misgiving though too, and this is the lie from Satan. Jesus says I came to give you life, abundant life. Satan is lulling people into this complete lie of the fact that God's going to rob you of life. 
He's mm. going to take away from you all this joy and everything else. No, God is God is going to give you abundant life, and he is the giver of life. And all the things that he gives us in life to enjoy, as Ecclesiastes has taught us, we've been going through it, is that God gives us these things as gifts, and, and they're meant to be enjoyed. And you can enjoy them and glorify them at the same time. And if you're not glorifying them, then you're missing the point of them. Right. Well, and if you're focusing on the gift, not the giver. But it's like but this thought of somehow if I if I surrender my life to God, then I completely lose everything in the end. No, actually, yeah. you find yourself in the end. Well, and that's and that's the thing that's you not only miss the point, but if you're not glorifying God in your enjoyment of these things, you don't even understand what it means to truly enjoy these things. Like, you're missing all that it could be. Like, you're getting a a shell of of that experience. Like, love without God, you're getting a shell of love. You're getting a a shadow of what it could be. You see the silhouette, you kind of get it, but you just, you don't understand the fullness of what you can have if you just surrender it completely over, which is something that I've spent so much time being afraid of, but then... And I feel like, I mean, even this week, I've I've had to, I feel like I've had to just surrender things over that I was just like, I don't know how I feel about this because now this means that I no longer get to dictate this area of my life. And now I no longer have the freedom to just choose, you know, and yeah. wanting to be open to, to hearing the spirit talk to you. And being open to being told no to things or being told yes to things you didn't want to do you'd get that fear of like well now i've i've lost a sense of i don't know what the word is but like it's not independence but sort of independence i guess where i have the ability to just make all my decisions for me and i got to decide based off of how i felt in that moment and now it's like no i have this other voice that is telling me this is the answer now i have to choose whether i'm just going to willfully ignore it or go with it. And and the thing is is that slowly because I'm stupid and it takes a very long time to figure things out for me. But slowly I've just like okay, it's it's consistently been the best option I could have chose when I chose the thing that the spirit led me to do. Even if in the moment I was like this doesn't sound like what I would typically want to do. This doesn't yeah. sound like the ideal situation for me right now. I'm not really in the mood for this one, God. Could you just like not now maybe could we do this later and uh and it's like super difficult for about a second but then once you just decide to do it you're like oh thank good thank thank the lord that this is what i decided to do because i would have missed there's so much i could have missed right now yeah had i just believed that i had for some reason some deeper knowledge of what was truly best for me in that moment someone who literally doesn't know the future the, the anything but it's the great thing about, you know, God gives us enough of his plan to know what's happening. We have big picture, even particulars that make up that. But there's so much that he's doing that we're not aware of. And it's that unknown that scares us. But if we just are willing to do what we're supposed to do, respond, right, and and then trust in him for the results in that, it's amazing Right, the things that we can experience in life and see God doing and be a part of, 
if we just are willing to, because in reality that there's so much that he's doing in the lives of people around us. And we're not always aware of that. Every time we're having say a conversation with someone or something like that, we never fully know what the impact is going to be when we engage in that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's so many things that we can miss out on if we fail to respond when, we have these opportunities to just do, right? And God says, if you just do this, right? Do what you need to do and then just leave the rest to me. And I mean, it's amazing to see the things that, that God can do in and through us. Well, you, you kind of miss this. It, it's so it's so point A, point B in our mind sometimes where I'm like, okay, I'm standing at point A and my goal is point B. So... Obviously, what makes the most sense is that I just step from point A to point B. Yeah. But but you didn't realize that along the way, you've just stepped over a 1, a 2, a 3, a 4, a 5, a 6, a 7, which were the <laughs> yeah. things that were going to make point B actually worthwhile or actually meaningful or, or use. Like you think that, oh, this is the dream person. I've, I just want to get married. Why can't I just get married or something like that? I'm just looking for my person. I can't seem to find it. Like, all God has to do is just send. They know who he knows who I'm supposed to be with. So why would he not just send it over, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, well, what if he, what if you don't, you don't realize that if he sent that over to you right now and you had that person in your life, you would fumble the bag. You would fumble the bag. <laughs> you would, you would get right at the end zone and you would fumble the ball right there because you aren't ready. You aren't yeah. there yet. You aren't mature enough. You don't have the life experience. You're missing all these things that are going to make that relationship as rich as it should be and to make it actually work. So why would you want to jip yourself out on the fullest version of that relationship just to get it now? It's like if your dad's putting your bike together for you and you're like, no, nah, I just, can we just get it now? And he gives you the bike with a <laughs> yeah. chain still not on. And it's like, well... This is great. I've got the bike, but I can't go anywhere. Yeah. I can get like a running start and hop on and like make it 10 feet down the block. But like that's, that's, all, that's all I got. You know, so why would you not want to just wait the little extra amount to get the full version of the product? And I think that's I think that because we have such a finite, it's so hard for us to grasp the fact that there are things that we just don't know yeah. and we can't see. We can't see past. Right. I mean, we really can't even see past right now. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in 30 minutes. I don't yeah. know how the rest of this podcast is going to go, what we're going to talk about. So how am I supposed to plan out anything, really? And we think, like, well, I, I've got it on the calendar, God, so obviously this is what's going to happen yeah, for gonna tomorrow. Happen. This is what's going down. This is how my day was plotted out, so obviously this is how it's supposed to go. And we really can't imagine or fathom that that anything can sort of deviate from what we've expected is going to come but yet it happens right so often in our life things come up and we're just like no i, I couldn't have seen this coming at all well i had so it's I interesting had... we've been go for it no, no 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 please please i was just saying it was interesting we're closing up on ecclesiastes in chapter 11 this is how he starts off the chapter and talking about you know the way that our uh, our lack of knowledge as to what's going to happen and so on can either paralyze us, right? Or we have these expectations and think we got everything figured out and we fail to realize that things aren't always going to go our way. 
you know. So he says, cast your bread upon the waters, right? And then he talks about portioning it up between seven or even eight <clears throat> because you don't know what misfortune is going to come. And it's like some sometimes there's going to come failure, but also there are going to be times of victory in that. But we don't control that outcome. Only God does that, you know. So there's just things that we need to do and ways that we, we need to act. And there's even an element of risk to our lives as believers. And I think so many are trying to avoid that, right? But what God wants to do in and through us and how he wants to refine our life, he knows what's best for us, and and yet we have a hard time just trusting him to do that. And I think that even like in our environment, we're looking at the lack of trust that we have in God. Like I even realize with believers, it's like we there's not that, you know, certain words you realize aren't a part of a vocabulary, you know, like born-again Christian or the reference to the spirit working or our soul or even the issue of faith, it's like it's not a part of the conversation. And yet trust is so vital. There's this constant dependence that we must have as we walk through life of just trusting God, taking him at his word even, you know. And we get so used to in our life we think we can predict everything, the weather. We go to the store. We have all these options as opposed to, you know, a farmer who has no idea if a crop's going to come in or not. He's completely dependent on God for the rain and sun and all of these things to happen. We can walk into a store and get food from all over the world. We can get fruit out of season. We can get all of these things. And and in the process of that, we've lost that dependence well, I mean, right? I think Walking it's it's almost terrifying. It's almost, I'm having yeah. a panic attack in the middle of Kroger because I can't, there's 40 cheeses. And I'm like, I don't even know which <laughs> one is the one I should get right now. I don't know yeah. which one I want because what if I get one and then the other one literally right next to it was the better one that I would have enjoyed more. And so it's like yeah. this stressful, I, it, which, is, which is really interesting when you look at the Lord's Prayer of how it's just asking for your daily bread and... I feel like that's like the least, it seems stressful to, to yeah. ask, hey, just give me what I need right now. I just need what I need right now. Give me what nourishment I'm going to need. Give me the mission that I'm going to need. Give me exactly what I need to do and say right this second. Because we want to plan. We want to have an idea of what's coming around the corner. But like, <clears throat> I don't really the more that I live life, I really don't want to know fully what's coming around the corner because if I, I, I don't need to worry. I don't want more stress. I'm already stressing. Yeah. I don't need to have this anticipation. Like there is nothing worse like than when your parents tell you, hey, guys, we just got tickets to go to Disneyland and you're like what <laughs> this is the greatest day of my life and you're like yeah we leave seven months from now and you're like oh so this is the worst day of my life because now I'm just gonna have to anticipate and wish and hope and and just just bide my time waiting for the moment that I finally get to go and you're counting down the days and every day feels like it's taking forever but if you just if your parents bought the tickets and then waited seven months and then said, hey, guys, tomorrow we're going to Disney. That's so yeah. much more enjoyable because you just you lived your life free of the of the thought of that. You weren't 
having to just spend all your time anticipating how it was going to be. The rides are going to be scary. What if my dad like forces me to go on the big ride that I'm really not that comfortable with, but like, I don't want him to think that I'm like a sissy. So you just kind of, to be able to just put that all aside and then not have to worry about it is honestly, ignorance is really bliss in so many ways. And so to have this moment of just like, just give me what I need right now. I don't, I don't even well, need today's. It, it gives us the freedom to just thrive where we are, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're planted where we are in this point in our life. We try to, to understand everything, you know, what what all lies in the future for us and figuring all that stuff out. We lose being able to live now, right? And and to be fruitful now and productive and and enjoy the things that God has for us now because we're so so driven by what we think is going to come in the future and you know and so it's finding that balance i think sometimes because you have exhortations where we're supposed to be heavenly minded and you know living with that eternal aspect to our life without a doubt but i think that's the beauty of why god doesn't tell us everything right and give us everything especially for the immediate future because there's so much that's going to happen, but we would be so consumed with making prep for that that we would fail to to see the right now and what He wants us to do. Because I know that I know that the phrase "live in the moment" has been so used and abused by people, but it really—that's all we have. All I have is this second right now, and and like I can either be mentally just lost in worrying about the past that I can't change or the future that I don't know. And it's like, so why would I, why would I waste so much time with that? And why would I even want to know? Because I, even if I did know, there's nothing I could do about most of it right now. Yeah. It's like the time hasn't come to deal with it. And there's times where like, that's, I, I've started to try to be just more, in control of my thoughts like when i'm at work not worrying about what i'm going to do when i get home like i have a rough idea of the things that kind of need to get done like i'm not going to waste my time trying to plan out exactly how it's going to go and how i'm going to have time for this or that because we're just not we're just not there yet you know yeah. i don't need to worry about what i'm going to eat for dinner when that when the time for that concern comes then i will concern myself with it but i have other things right now i need to worry about that i need yeah. to take care of and do and you would mess it all i mean that was one thing that in my own life um as an example of just like not knowing your own timing i, I mean when matt when i met matt my roommate for people that don't know and uh one of my best friends um I was like, finally, finally, I have a friend. I've been praying for years to finally like meet somebody that I could actually be close to and build a really good relationship. Because I had like friends ish, but like I was never super close to anybody. And yeah. so finally, it was like, this is an answer to prayer. God has just put this person in my life. We get along so unbelievably well. This is this is great. We have so many ambitions that we want to just accomplish things together and create and do things together. And then like out of nowhere he moves to California and I'm like, well, <laughs> it's not really at all how I saw this happening. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you would have, why? Cause if you had asked me, God, if you were like just taking a second to ask how I felt about it, I would have said, maybe no, maybe don't. 
Maybe you could actually yeah. move him even closer, like right around the corner. That would be cool because I could see him more. Not to another state. And then after that happened, the longing to want to finally be able to move in together at some point. Like, hey, we should like, if we get the chance, let's go be roommates. Let's do this whole thing. And yeah. there are so many different points that I would have wanted it to happen if it could have happened and it just didn't work out. And looking back to it, every single one of those times would have been a mistake. It would have gone really bad. We were not ready for that. We were not mature enough for that. Our lives, since there were certain things like character development that had to happen, like whole changes in our personality and the way that we looked at things to make us ready for what needed to be done once we were able to be brought back into each other's lives that we never would have happened if we if it if it had happened years before. Yeah. So it's this this in the moment you think you know exactly what you want exactly what you need um but i mean you just you're you, you it's just you're too you, you really can't see past the fog i mean it's just it's foggy in front of you you really don't know what's coming and you don't know what it's going to look like and you can reason from where you are now but where you are now isn't going to be where you are in a year so you this that's not a good thing to reason from so many things <laughs> yeah. are going to change in a year so those things that you were counting on, they're not going to be there anymore. And the things that you, the things that now you are counting on, they, they hadn't crossed your mind. They weren't even an option at that point. And now all of a yeah. sudden they are. That's really insightful, man. Seriously. Yeah, Everyone listening needs to pay attention. <laughs> I mean, it's freeing. It's freeing. It's been, it's been one of the most freeing things for me. It feels so like scary at moments. It's like when your dad tells you to jump off the edge of the pool and you're he's gonna catch you. And I'm just like, yeah, but I mean, well, what are the case you drop me and I drowned within the five seconds before you pull me back up again? Are you sure this is gonna go over that well? And then you do it, and then you're like, this is the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. Let's spend four hours out here, and I'll just keep jumping in your arms, and you catch me and put me back up on the edge again. Well, and all the fears and anxieties, the things that we don't know, right? I mean, think about all the things that we don't know, if we're really honest with ourselves. And yet, we have all of these fears and anxieties built up on things that we don't even know if it's possible, probable, right? I mean, it's like we just have these scenarios, these what-if things. This is why I just won't do that with people. I'm not going to do what-ifs because we just don't know. We don't even know, right? in the moment everything that's going on why would i think that i can sit here and figure out what's going to actually truly happen in the future with all conviction and say right and yeah. we we build up these things in our head and we get all anxious and afraid and all of this stuff and we can just you know destroy ourselves from the inside out with these kinds of thoughts and it's like but what's the point in going there you know I mean it's life is hard enough why yeah why why add to it That's why add to it, why right? add to the problem today has enough of its own yeah why Don't worry bring about in tomorrow's? tomorrow's and next days and mm -hmm. everything else but it's nice having that big picture because we we have the assurance of where things are going. We know what God's going to do in the end, right? And you know we the end of the know story. All of these things, yeah. 
and we know enough to know, right, wars and rumors of wars and all these things. We know enough to know what's going to come and happen, but not so much that we start, you know, freaking out about it or that we start trying to overanalyze and overthink, which we can also do. We try to sort of scrutinize everything before we make a move in life, assuming that somehow we can factor in every factor that's out there, but we really can't. There is an element of risk to our lives as believers, and there's an element of, of hazardness and difficulties that are going to come. It's just a part of life, right? It is. And that's that's where faith comes in. That's where we trust God. That's when, right, we just lean on him and, and move, right? I mean, even I think in the things that we know, because Proverbs, right, chapter 3, do not lean on your own understanding, but all your ways knowing him. It's like even when we, it's like with the application of wisdom, he gives us the principles in Proverbs. He gives us the wisdom, but even in, in, in applying it to our life, we still need him. Like there's never this point where you sort of get this deistic view of things where God's given us everything, okay, and then he steps out of the picture, now it's all up to you. No. Well, even if even if we have the principles, we still need him to apply them. I mean, I think that Christ, that was the great example he gives us in the Gospel of John, that I don't speak of myself, nor I do of myself, right? These are, these are things that the Father does, and then I do them, and... This is what, right, these are the words of my father. It's like that constant dependence that the son had on the father while he was here walking as man among men. It's it's for us to, to have that same kind of dependence and, and just trust. And there's never, and it really, there's just, it's sound, it's, it, it, it really just feels scary at first to yeah. let go of, the reins to just let go of the wheel and to to trust but once you do it's the most relaxing the most peaceful decision you could ever make because then it's just oh i don't have to i don't have to drive the vehicle anymore i'm not i'm not the one driving i'm not the one making decisions i get to just trust that when the next turn in the road comes God knows it's around the bend. He's driving the vehicle. I'm just here to sit and watch and see what he's going to do next. And whatever he asks of me, I'm here to do. But he's running the show. So if he wants me to hand him like a Pepsi from the cooler, then I'll do that. But like, this is his road trip, not mine. But it allows us to, to enjoy life more then, right? Because it's like we we don't have to have the fear and anxiety over things, right? That aren't ours to worry about nor to consume ourselves with and it allows us to enjoy the moments and appreciate them for what they are for as long as we have them and it and it's such a freeing life right that's why christ said my my yoke is easy right it's like that we we have all of these other things that we strap ourselves with that weigh us down i mean and the pressure i was thinking about this the pressure we put on ourselves when we have these divine expectations, right, that deep down, right, eternity is in the heart of man. God has put it there. <clears throat> there are things that we as creatures, 
we have a craving for and a longing for, but they're only found in God. You can only find mm-hmm. them there, right? Mm-hmm. But we take those divine expectations and we put them on other things, possessions, people, relationships, right? We have these expectations and we put them on things and we're and we're always going to find ourselves wanting in this. They're never going to satisfy. It's the woman going to the well, right? Which is a conversation with Christ. She's had numerous husbands and even the last one isn't even her husband. And she keeps trying to fill that space in her life that only God can fill. He can, he's the only one who can give the living water. He is that. And it's like, but we just keep trying to go and put something else in his place and it never satisfies it's never enough and we just keep insisting that we're going to do this over and over and it's like but if you would just realize as christ if you just realize what's before you right and take what i'm offering you you'll never have to come to this well again I had a uh, I had a thought speaking on that the other day that I wrote down. I just I, I've tried to make a habit more and more of taking bringing my notebook with me when I'm reading or stuff in the morning, just because I'm like I need to make an effort of just you know maybe I don't have any thoughts that day in particular, but if I do, why would I not want to just like jot it down? You know, if God's gonna say something to me, I might as well remember what it was. And I have this because I, f- I feel like I've been thinking a big thing for me has been. In relation, like, okay, if all that God says is true, then what should be my relationship to people? What should be my relationship to things, to gifts given by God, whether spiritual gifts or physical gifts that he gives us, whether it's food or drink or or whatever or entertainment or anything? And um, I had this thought. Don't mind my choppy reading skills. So, but uh, it was um, God has spread out everything you could ever need and want on a table in front of you. The best that he has to offer. And it's available to all who just come and sit at the table. Yet some still insist on sitting out in the cold, eating the scraps of what's been thrown away, the rotten and the spoiled versions of what's being served inside. They try to assure themselves that they are warm and secure as they shiver in the cold, afraid of the coming darkness. Mm. And I feel like it's so I've been I've caught myself so many times staring at the table, seeing the warm beckoning light from the inside, but then just reassuring myself that, well, that must be nice. But like, I I really do have it better out here. I mean, I'm fully in charge of what I do and where I go. I, my time is my time. Every step I take is every place I want to be. And yeah. so, but you, you just, you're, you're like, you have this, just this gross counterfeit version of what is being offered inside. All you have to do is just come sit and just enjoy it. You'll have everything is laid out in front of you to partake in, to enjoy. You're not being robbed of anything. You're being given everything. Yeah. But you just want to insist on having this, this not even control because you're still not in control, but this (laughs) illusion of control. You want to feel an illusion of you are your own provider. And really all you're doing is eating the, the discarded rotted scraps of the good things that are being given out freely. Yeah. 
And you, because you just don't want to accept it. You don't want to take what is being given. You want to be the one that's that's handling it all for yourself. It's that stubborn self-centeredness, right? It's like... And it's... I mean... But I couldn't have painted the picture any better than that. I mean, that really is, right? I mean, that's really... And trying to get people to see that. Mm. I mean, it's taken me forever to see that, you know? And and I'm just glad, like, like, there's so many life experiences I have ahead of me. At least I'd assume if I live a full life that I, I have the opportunity of ruining and of, like, jipping myself out of and missing out on the good and missing out on the true joy in it and... And the things that I think bring peace will bring absolute peace. And the things that yeah. bring some people happiness, I can have like pure joy in it. And I just don't, I don't want to rob myself. Like life is already bitter enough down here as it is. Yeah. Why would I want to make the few sweet things that have been gifted to us bitter for myself by trying to take them on my own terms and in my own way that I've deemed is better or I've deemed is more right. I just, it's just, I mean, you're just robbing yourself. That's it. Well, I quoted from William Wallace on Sunday, every man dies, but not everyone truly lives. And, it, and it's like we, I mean, even like we look at our life sometimes as believers and we think, okay, I, I'm going to really serve the Lord, but it's going to be tomorrow, right? And we, we plan on these days that we don't even know that we have. We think, mm -hmm. but we don't know for certain. We don't know when we're going to leave this earth, but yet we plan like we do and we act like we do. We keep putting him off to live the life that he wants us to live. We keep putting it off till tomorrow rather than doing it today. And it isn't that, you know, your best life now kind of mumbo-jumbo. It, it is serving the kingdom and, and, and doing things that will have an eternal significance, not just about what you get, but what you can give and how he can use you and work through you. But we, we put so much stuff off thinking that we know, but we really don't know. Well, and the funny and thing you is, really though, do rob yourself, right? You rob yourself of even those <laughs> enjoyable moments when you can make an impact in someone's life, right, for eternity. And that's huge. And, and it's amusing that it it is though our best life now. Yeah, there is no better life. There's no better feeling. There's no better. There's more gratitude. There's no more of satisfaction than just fully surrendering it all and just allowing him to work through you. And that's, it, it, it really is. It's just, it's not the picture that, that we have painted in our heads of what the best life now looks like, where I have the top floor yeah. penthouse and I've got the nice car that I wanted and the wife who, doesn't work because I make a plenty of money, but she just spends all her time in the gym staying fit for me. And like whatever else, you know, you think you imagine comes with this perfect painted picture of a life, which the funny thing is you you get to know those people and they are they're miserable. They're miserable. Yeah. 
They're always anxious about tomorrow. They're always anxious about losing what they have and never being able to gain what they truly want. And it all feels like it could be taken away from them at a moment's notice. And it can. That's the thing. It just it just can be taken away at a moment's notice. Yeah. So I would be afraid if I were them too. But So I wrote um, down this quote from T. Keller. He said, We look to our idols to love us, to provide us with the value and a sense of beauty, significance, and worth. But there's really only one set of arms that will give you all your heart's desire. Mm. Mm. Well, it reminds me of, oh boy, I want to say, man, I'm blanking because I've been reading between a few things. But talking about <laughs> idols and what they are, I think it's a song maybe, how they have... um arm like hands but can't feel a throat that they can never yeah. make a sound from eyes that can never see and yeah. like to expect them to fulfill you and it's just this carbon creation done by the hands of man and it's like well if you can't fulfill yourself because clearly you can't because if you could you would then why would yeah. you think things made by you are going to fulfill you like that doesn't in no way does that add up at all but and the fact that they're dead and lifeless and the worshipers thereof become right like their god it's like you're dead mm. and you're lifeless and you think you think that you have it all too yeah you just have to keep convincing yourself that you have it all in the face of really just a panic cuz your all feels like nothing constantly. Um, yeah, if you don't, uh, I'm trying to think here. I, I, I There's another topic that I want to go into that I've been meaning to go into for a couple episodes. I just don't know how long that topic is going to take us. Um, but I'm down to jump into it for a little bit. Um, yeah. How do you feel? I was going to ask you, this is a bit of a, this is a bit of a left turn in the conversation, but I feel like it's been a month or more of like wanting, it's probably been like three episodes that we've done. Oh, by the way, you know what? Happy Father's Day. That happened. <laughs> I, um, I am very blessed to have you as my father. I sent you a gift in the mail. I, if you don't receive it. I don't have the receipt anymore, so I don't think I'll be able to resend it again. But, like, I thought it hopefully should have gotten to you because um, I definitely didn't forget that is Father's Day. And, I appreciate um, that. Yeah, so that's just, just so you can – just for, that's for you. Um, my question for you, though, I want to – I want to implement fasting into my life or I feel that there is an importance of it in making it a practice. I just don't know exactly the best way to go about it, what that's supposed to look like and the reasoning behind exactly why fully why you're doing it and like what is what is the goal in that and i don't know i know you're someone that has done it at least a few times as far as i can remember in my youth 
Um, so I don't know if you could just kind of like help me understand what it is that I can figure out what to do, how to, how to make that a part of my routine. Boy, that's a tough one to step into momentarily. In that's see, that's on, my question. Right? See, this is my question right here. This is my question. This is where maybe this is like the teaser for it's next a week's good episode. One, though. It's this a is good what one, the, though. okay, well then maybe, maybe we'll just make this the teaser. Cause we're already at like an hour. So like we'll make this the teaser. Next week we'll plan on that being the topic, and then we okay. can really jump into that. Um, yeah, because that's that's really good, and that's something I wouldn't want to just rush over in the last few moments. And yeah, because I feel like there's a lot to be said about it. It's such a it's a yeah. thing that's not talked about a ton, at least yeah, from what I, I don't see a ton of. It's not like a common sermon series that people are doing on fasting and on the the reasoning behind it, the mentality going into it, and um, what you're supposed to be getting out of it, and also what you're supposed to, why you're giving up what you're giving up, how to choose the things that you decide to give up, you know, because you can fast. You don't yeah. have to fast food. Like, you can fast from food, but I'm sure you can fast from plenty of things, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So if yeah, if that could, that could be something that we jump into next week. That would be really helpful for me because up, I just keep using the reason I, I'm just procrastinating fasting because I'm like, well, we haven't talked about it. I don't know what I'm doing. So I guess I'll, I'll no, just be able to keep eating whatever I want this week and we'll decide we'll figure it out <laughs> next week. <laughs> So, so, and you know, honestly, if we want to push it off three, four more months, I, I'm sure that I'll be able to manage. I'm sure I'll be able to manage. But if that's something that we would like to address next week, I'm 100 percent in on it. No, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, cool. We should, yeah. Well, uh, in that case, what's uh, what's been on your mind for the last few weeks? Has there been anything that we haven't just discussed in this episode that's been um, thoughts and things like that? <sighs> I don't know. I just feel like overwhelmed. It's like coming into July. Mm, yeah. It seems like I'm trying to get things in order in life and slow some things down. But, you know, summertime, it's always like that. I think it's like, I think that, okay, there's going to be this going to, things going to slow down. Things going to quiet down. You know, we stop doing like Bible studies and finish this and that and what have you. But it always seems like summer just flies by. And there always just seems to be stuff that needs to be done. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little bit sort of like trying to figure out how this is going to look. But I have surgery coming up on the 3rd of this month. Then we wow. got people flying in for the wedding. All that stuff going on. The wedding itself. <clears throat> So, and trying to figure out, okay, if you're counseling people, right, it's like, you know, it's not like life goes away for them. Yeah, do you get, so like, summer vacation like, from, yeah. like, it's talking like people a, off the ledge or whatever? Yeah. All that <laughs> hey, stuff doesn't hold on, come to Hold on for three halt, more months. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick back up so. with this one in September. I know the divorce, <laughs> it's messy, but can you guys just, like, wait well, just a like, little bit? It, you know, and folks have stuff going on and it's like and they they need to talk and you know so it's just making yourself available and i don't i don't do office hours it's 24 7 i mm. think that you know when people are in need i believe this people are in need there's never when it's going to be convenient it's never going to no. be when no. it fits into your calendar and your day and so as a as a pastor i i think i know i need to always be 
accessible. And so, you know, I don't want to say sorry, but, you know, we're closed for the next month. <laughs> so it's kind of just figuring out how to. No, I would to love to. I it. No, I understand that it's like, yeah, addiction is it's tough. It's really yeah. hard. But we're going to the beach this weekend and yeah. and for the next three weekends. And I can't I can't. You know what? I, you understand. You get it. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> Like yeah, I've got this Western sorry, that's been but... sitting on my nightstand for <laughs> yeah. uh, three months now, and I've just been meaning to get I just don't – I need time. I need time, if you don't mind. Yeah. That must be tough, though. That must be tough to, like – especially now as you see the church growing, which has got to feel, like, good in some ways, obviously, to, like, just see the people continue to come, not just for the sake of numbers, but just, like, it gives you an opportunity to just do more for people. But yeah. does it, I, I feel like before, even when it was like the church was at half the size it is now, your plate was full. Like that, it was stacked already. You had plenty to do. You didn't just have an abundance of free time just floating around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's not just this body because I, I, but, least what two or three people who've who've reached out that need counseling or need someone to walk them through something and it's like but they are going somewhere else and they're part of another local body but they don't feel like they can go to their pastor or in one case have gone to their pastor and totally ignored mm. so it's like you know it isn't just even people fellowshipping with us it's it's that there are people in need elsewhere mm-hmm. and it's like you know you don't want to say well sorry but you're not a part of this flock but you're a part of the body of christ overall so yeah you know it's like you want to be open to that and to be there and avail yourself to 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 be there for them but yeah it can get a little bit consuming i think sometimes that's why it's good you need to be able to step away somewhere in there to to get a breather so your mom and i are going to try and get away this month after the wedding we're going to try and go away that that weekend after oh but nice you guys are going as we, that, uh, as we that look beach at house, it right? yeah so but we're looking at it like it's always tentative we've planned to get away so many other times in our life and it just never came mm. about because there was always something to do so we'll see but that's the plan mm. but i'm glad to be used by the lord i'm thankful that that you know that we can be there and that there are people you know it, it's just interesting because someone asked us one time but we were talking about planning a church up here in battleground and they're like but there's a church on this corner and that corner and whatever it's like yeah but they don't they don't deal with everybody. Yeah. They don't touch every single life here, right? I mean, it's just still amazing that you can still have all of these churches around here and still there are people in need who are actually going to them. So it's like, you know, it's it's a little bit, I, I think in some senses for me as a, as a shepherd, it's disheartening that that can be so. But then it's, a, it's a, an exhortation to me are there people that I'm not attentive to that I need to be? Mm. So, you know, 
I guess I can I can sit there and point my finger at other guys and say, okay, shame on you for, but I just don't want anyone here running somewhere else if if they need help. So there's that. I mean, listen, the Lord's work's never done. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> And he doesn't get the world's full of sinners. (laughs) Yeah, hell's hot as ever. Still going. Still churning out. The world is still churning out some crazy people that that need some help. And um, I mean, thank goodness that. I just thank goodness for. What? Yeah. Oh, I was just about to I was about to pat ourselves on the back for thank goodness for <laughs> podcasts podcasts like this. Yes. Going here to serve the people. And I mean there are just so much false doctrine and bad teaching and leadership out there that to have a safe space like the May God Help Us podcast where you can come and know that all your needs are being met. Truly doing the purest of the pure work that we can yeah we're discussing things that will really be a benefit to other people right i hope so i hope so because if anything it's just benefiting me and and i'm still not mad at that either i mean it's like we started our conversation right it's having a true conversation with content and meaning and purpose and not just Mm -hmm. words filling space and talking for the sake of talking so I was thinking about there was that band I can't remember their name man it was back in the 80s maybe early 90s I know it'll come to me later I'm just getting old this stuff happens more and more but the guy he wrote down these lyrics and the song it's like it just sounds like rambling and it really was and like he had to write these things down just so he could even remember the, the mindless words that he was putting out but I thought so it, it means that much to you that you know you can't even remember the things that you were thinking right what was i really trying to communicate when i was putting this song together it's like that's right really like you didn't have a meeting until the first interview like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. um yeah i mean you know there's a deep there's there is a deeper meaning i think it's one of those ones that we'd like to keep between me and the fellow band members i uh, I like I like just leaving it up for interpretation. If you guys have a really good meeting, like tell me, because <laughs> yeah, then maybe yeah. next time that will be my answer. Email me if you've got a good <laughs> if you've got a good <laughs> summation for what this was about. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's English. It's definitely English, right? Yeah. So feel free to like. I don't know if you need some kind of like codex. Or some kind of scroll to be able to d- decipher that, but uh, you know, ramblings of a man. On that note. <laughs> on that note. On that note, indeed. I, I hope that this podcast has been more than just ramblings of of two men, one old and one just in the prime of his life. I'm just looking like a beast out here. Sunburnt as ever, <laughs> blisters on my back and shoulder blades because of it. So I'm living life to the fullest. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this episode of the May God Help Us podcast. Hopefully, we get to see you guys next time. And hey, go ahead and 
Uh, if you listen and you want to submit a question or you want mostly questions, I, I'm not really in this for critiques or criticism, so feel free to keep that one all to <laughs> yeah. yourself. Uh, I get it. You We're got not like the best. Keep them to yourself. But <laughs> yeah, but like if you if you want my opinion or or my father, uh, my father's opinion, then uh, feel free to to reach out. Um, I don't know. Just like yell, like go outside and just like yell really loudly. And if it like if God wants us yeah. to hear it, we'll hear it and we'll answer you. Send it so, out to um, the universe. We'll get it. <laughs> Put it out there. We'll, it'll, it's like a bottle in the ocean. Just like tie it'll come. It'll come eventually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, thank you guys for listening to episode of the podcast. And remember, <laughs> may God help us. Go <laughs> oh, indeed, indeed. Yeah.